0: Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. And it says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Thanks be to God.
1: Amen. So uh, before I get started, I just wanted to say thank you so much for letting me come into your space this afternoon and thank you to Pastor Johnny and Lauren for um, opening up their home and um, I want to honor my wife. Uh, we just got um, I, I just we just got done hosting a mission team from Alabama, about 15 team members all week long it was like an 80 hour week and my wife held down the fort with the baby i've got a little bit of throw up on my shirt she's got some she's got some pee on her legs but but we are here so um no seriously thank you so much for uh for coming is it okay if i pray before i before Absolutely. i speak um holy spirit you are welcome yes you're welcome to come and move however you want to move Come and say whatever you want to say. Do whatever you want to do. This is all about you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, as we dive into your word and, and dig deeper into our relationship with you and how we were created to uh, navigate this walk on the earth with you by our side, I pray that this word would um, touch every heart in this room. I pray, Lord, that every single one of us would walk out of here uh, knowing you better, that every single one of us would walk out of here. Um, changed, different than when we walked in. Uh, Come and have your way. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Thank you, Pastor Johnny, for reading the word. I'm just going to go back over a a familiar verse that most of us uh, probably know, and that's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm going to read that uh, out loud. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, But you will receive power. Can everyone say power? Power. Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses. Everyone say witnesses. witnesses.
0: Witnesses.
1: You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Um, I, I love um, that Pastor Johnny is setting aside a time to engage uh, in the conversation of who is the Holy Spirit, um, why why is He here, what is it, is it a, is it a it or is it a person? Uh, all these types of questions that uh, we may have for ourselves. I love that he's setting a time, uh, set, setting aside time to to talk about the Holy Spirit, and uh, I think. Uh, if you have any type of Pentecostal background, I know some of us went to CF, and I, um, my wife and I, graduated from there. Um, when you think of the Holy Spirit, you often think of power, and and uh, this this really challenged me when I was just walking through my relationship with the Lord. All right, God, like Holy Spirit comes and power comes, then what? Like miracles break out and signs and wonders and prophecy and all this these amazing things that you've created and given us as a church to to grow in our relationship with you and with each other. Um, But this verse is interesting. It sticks out to me because it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you Mm -hmm. to be my witnesses. Um, So there's a purpose behind the power. Uh, We think of the the story of Moses where where God shows up in a burning bush and uh, like Come on, he shows up in a burning bush. That's right, right, that's right, right. powerful. That's crazy. That's cool. Right. But he didn't just show up to show off, yeah, right? right? He didn't just show up to show off. He showed up with a purpose. Yeah. He had a he had a mission for Moses to walk through. Yes. And, um, and I think often the Holy Spirit, we're expecting the Holy Spirit to show up and show off, right? Sure. Like show us all the miracles you can do, God, so we can go home and get a good night's rest. Yeah. But but. I'm challenged in the thought that the Holy Spirit shows up for a purpose. So the title of my message today is Power for a Purpose. I'm sorry, Power for a Purpose. Power for a Purpose. The Holy Spirit gives us power for a purpose. Um, Specifically, Pastor Johnny asked me to to speak on witnessing, uh, how the Holy Spirit helps us witness. And this is the first um, scripture that came to mind. And as I Uh, prayed about I really felt this is where God led us and um, so I just have three keys today three keys um, to help us witness three keys to help us witness the first is this uh, partnership second is this transformation and the third is this submission partnership transformation submission three keys to witnessing three keys to witnessing partnership Transformation and submission. Uh, many of you don't know me, Pastor Johnny. Um, like I said, I felt so bad watching him drink water while I was eating my favorite brisket in Dallas. Um, and and we had that that one interaction. Um, but uh, but I, I some of you don't know the story of of how we ended up pastoring and and, and that nature. So I'd like to just take this time to share a story, how how I am, where I am right now. Um, And so everyone's written down the three points, right? Partnership, okay, so we'll talk about partnership. Um, So just a little bit about me. I grew up in uh, West Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan to be specific, Um, was born and raised there, uh, went there all my life. And then my senior year of high school, um, I went on a mission trip. Uh, to the inner city of San Francisco. Uh, there's, a, there's a district there uh, called the Tenderloin District. Um, the Tenderloin District is one square mile. Um, and in that one square mile, there are 7,000 homeless people. Um, in that same one square mile, there's 4,000 children living in government housing. Um, so I went on there my senior year. was obviously wrecked by the poverty that was in our own backyard, one of the richest cities in our country. Uh, you can get on the famous turnaround trolley and walk a hundred feet to your right and be in the Tenderloin district and um, I was wrecked uh, my first two days uh, being there on the trip uh, was incredible Um, got to engage in some street ministry and um, my third night they had a they have every Wednesday have a worship night where it's just worship and like three or four prayer points Um, and during that worship night, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly for the first time in my life that I can remember, um, and he, he said, prepare yourself, you're going to be here for a while. I remember like, God, I got like four days left on this trip, so I don't know what you mean by that. Um, and then the very next morning, um, I didn't know this up until this point, but the very next morning, they... Um, had met with all the missionaries that were there for the week and said, hey, uh, we offer a nine month internship in the fall um, where you can come and get hands on ministry experience. We'll go through the entire Bible in the nine months. Um, and so I was like, God, is this is this what you meant? And so but everybody has has anybody been on a mission trip? Raise your hand. Yeah. OK, who, who has not been on a mission trip? So if you haven't been on a mission trip, there is this thing called a mission trip high. Okay, Uh, It's very similar to a youth camp high. You go and you're like, oh my gosh, my whole life's for Jesus. I'm selling everything. I'm going to live on the streets. And God's like, chill out. You're 17. You still have a home. Your parents pay for everything. Um, So I was on, I I wanted to make sure this wasn't, because I'd gone on a mission trip freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. Um, and I, I wanted to make sure this wasn't a mission trip high. So I came back home. Um, I was actually already signed up to go to Davenport University, which is a business school in Michigan. Um, I had taken some college courses in high school, had about 50% of college paid for, would have started as a junior. Um, and, and my whole life, I grew up in, in, in poverty. And so my whole life, I... Um, Desired to break that poverty off my family. And I Mm -hmm. thought the the answer to that was to be a successful business person. Um, And so I was ready. Like I had prepared all of high school. Um, I was ready to go, signed up for all my classes. The only thing I hadn't done yet was paid anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, for three weeks, I I came home after the trip and I was just asking the Holy Spirit, God, is this what you want me to do? And I, I couldn't shake that feeling that he wanted me to move there. And so I drove to Davenport, canceled all my classes, worked around 60 hours a week, uh, roofing, which isn't as bad as it would be in here in Texas, um, but it was still hot, and um, it's still roofing. So, um, did that, and then um, 18 years old, um, moved in August of 2016 to the inner city of San Francisco, and... um, My life was forever changed. Uh, My family, just a little bit more about me. My family, um, my parents are first-generation Christians. um, So no one in my family was in ministry of any sorts. Um, My parents had given their life to to Jesus when um, my brother was born. And so I grew up in the church. I was born on a Wednesday in church on Sunday. uh, Gave my life to Jesus at four years old. um, And I'd known him all my life, but I I had no ministry context whatsoever. And so... um, It wasn't too long after being in San Francisco that um, I realized I couldn't last much longer. Um, I was going full speed ahead, did the nine month um, internship, um, got hired on staff afterwards. Um, I was supposed to be the assistant PE teacher at the kindergarten through eighth grade private Christian school the ministry ran. Um, but the PE teacher didn't realize where their job was. And then like two weeks before school was like, oh, I'm not working here. And so at 19 years old, I became the PE teacher for first through eighth grade, no degree, (laughs) teaching PE, but I played sports. So it was okay. Um, No idea what I was doing. Um, I was also doing full-time children's ministry, youth ministry, school online, all these things. And um, burnout is a real thing if you're not partnering with God. And so, um, so I realized about a year and a half in, I, I was like, I gotta drop something. I don't know what it is. I, I wrote down in my journal all the different things I was doing. And uh, the ministry had a prayer home in Fort Bragg, California, uh, just outside Mendocino. And I went there for three days by myself, fasted and prayed. And the third night the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, um, I want you to give up all of it and move to Dallas. I was like, "Mm, surely that's not you, God, because I'd I'd done I'd volunteered in children's ministry my whole life. Um, As soon as I was old enough to be a junior leader at 12 years old, I was in children's ministry every single Sunday. Um, And one of my biggest things, uh, my biggest wrestles with God when he told me this was God how can I be another one of these people that come into these children's lives and then leave? Because this is an inner city context. They have no consistency in their family. Um, And so if anybody's going to be consistent, it should be the church. And um, I I remember saying that God, they need consistency. And and He spoke so clearly to me. You're right, they do, but they need my consistency, not yours. And it was changed the way I did inner city ministry the rest of my life because I was always like, All right, here's my number. If you need anything, call me. And now it's like, hey, you have direct access to God. Call him Um, because I'm not because then I'm just going to enable your problems. So um, anyway, long story short, moved here to Dallas, Texas, um, to attend Christ for the Nations. And um, my first semester, I remember making this vow to God that... um, if I were to ever get back into full-time ministry, which, which was my plan anyway, so when I get back into a church context, God, I promise that I'm never gonna do things without you. Mm. So the biggest thing I learned in San Francisco was to do ministry with God and not for God. Yeah. Um, I, had, I had thought of all the things Jesus had done for me, and then I realized like I could never pay him back, and he spoke to me and said, "Nay, I died for you so I could be with you. So stop trying to do things for me and do it with me. Yeah. And so um, I got hired as uh, started serving at the Fair Meadows campus of Trinity Church, which is located in Duncanville Oak Cliff area off South Cockrell Hill. And um, they ran a bus ministry there where we bused in around 100 kids every Wednesday night from the projects, um, fed them every Wednesday night and, and preached the gospel to them. There was a transition, and got hired as a children's pastor there. I remember I had just gotten my list of job descriptions uh, from the church. Um, and I went to this restaurant I had seen on Instagram, and I was like, man, I, I really want to try this place, but I'm broke, I'm at cf i have no money. So I got my like first little $200 stipend for being a children's pastor, and was like, I'm going to spend it all and get this food. And uh, it's this Cajun seafood called Aunt Irene's Kitchen. Um, It is the hood, so go there with some people. Um, But uh, I had been craving it, and so I went there, and I remember looking at my job description and saying, God, what is something I can do with you that has nothing to do with my responsibilities as a children's pastor? And I, I walked outside after eating and saw 12 homeless people on the street. And um, that began a journey of, I was the children's pastor at our Fair Meadows campus, but I would take uh, the stipend that I got and then every Friday or Saturday, whatever was more available, um, I would start walking that street, um, that street where I was eating food at, um, where there was a high population of of homeless people. And every Friday or Saturday night, I would run across this lady, um, her name was uh, Miss Kathy. And um, she never wanted food, but always wanted prayer. And so after about eight months of doing this, every now and then I'd bring some friends from CF&I. After about eight months, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was sitting at this big, long table. And every person I had come across on the street, from the bus stop to the liquor store and back, uh, was sitting at this table. And uh, the Holy Spirit woke me up and said, not everybody knows they have a seat at my table. Um, Show them and teach them. And so I was like, all right, Thanksgiving's around the corner. That's a perfect time to gather around the food, gather around the table and eat some food. Um, There's a bunch of vacant lots here. So, for those that don't know anything about Fair Park, this is where I was, Fair Park. Um, And Fair Park is uh, considered the most dangerous zip code in Dallas. Uh, The crime rate there is 348% higher than the national average. Um, It's engulfed in poverty um drug addiction alcoholism and so um there's a bunch of vacant lots and so i was like all right i can set up some tables and chairs from the fair meadows campus and so i started inviting these people on the street and i come across this lady miss kathy again and and she's like well where are you gonna do it and I, i point to some vacant lot and i'm like probably over here i got some tables and chairs and she's like well why don't you use this bar over here and i was like all right who do i talk to never been in a bar before but who do i talk to she's like me me and my husband we run the bar we'll shut down for the day you can come in you can we love the lord we feed every 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 year any on thanksgiving you can just feed and preach the gospel and so 21 years 21 years old never been in the bar before preached the gospel uh and uh, that was thanksgiving thanksgiving of 2019 and then um COVID happened so I stopped going out every single week but around october of 2020 miss kathy calls me She's like, "Hey, the guys have been asking if you're going to do Thanksgiving again." And without thinking, I just said yes, yeah. and um, within I posted it on my Instagram story within um, 24 hours, I raised a thousand dollars. We were able to put together 100 winter uh, packages with blankets and uh, hand warmers, and uh, and pay for all the food that we were going to feed everybody, and um, this. Oh, I'm sorry. The first year, 2019, 50 people showed up and nine of them gave their life to Christ. Um, And then 2020, 100 of them showed up and 13 of them gave their life to Christ. And I looked at Miss Kathy and I said, why are we only doing this once a year? We should do this more often. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but she looked at me with tears in her eyes and said, Pastor Nate, will you please turn my bar into a church? I've been here for all my life, I've been here as a bar for 30 years, and I know the only thing that's going to change this community is God. Wow. And um, that was that. So 2021, January, we started remodeling the bar. Um, at, at the end of the day, if, if it never worked as a church, we were at least able to bless her business. And so wow. we, we changed the flooring, replaced the toilets painted the walls, it was pitch black walls like Johnny's office, but like the whole thing. Um, but we used it to our advantage, we grabbed like silver sharpies and wrote scriptures and then painted over it. Nice, um, nice, nice. And so uh, it's still, it's nothing like crazy, it's a bar, I'm um, still a bar today, um, around three, four nights a week, it's an old school um, bar and grill, most customers are between the ages of 60 and 80 years old. Um, they got a jukebox and a DJ every on, on Friday nights, and um, but anyway, all this happened because not because of anything I did, other than just saying, God, what do you want to do with yeah. me? Like, right. what can I do with you? This yes. is your world, yeah. this is your kingdom that yes. you're establishing. Yes. What can I do with you? Yes. And and I just want to encourage you that it's not it's not what you do for God. Witnessing is not what you do for God, That's but right. what you do with Him. Yeah. Um, his Holy Spirit is coming upon you to give you power and empower you to witness. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that you have to witness on your own. So there's a scripture. Um, you might say, all right, Pastor Nate, you're called to ministry. Well, like, I'm not called to ministry. So I don't know if this applies to me. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. If you go to that first. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. This applies to everybody, whether you like it or not. Uh, this is the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the thing that sticks out to me in this verse, because it's the Great Commission, we've heard this our whole lives, if you grew up in church, and the thing that stuck out to me recently in the last year or so is the last sentence. I am with you always even to the end of the age so that it's not that he's asking us to go witness and then not give us the power to witness it's not that he's asking us to go make disciples and teach people and then leaving us on our own to do it the Holy Spirit wants to partner with us in witnessing to people around us Um, I'm trying to think before I move on if there's anything else in this story I need to share about the bar Um, does anybody have questions about the church and the bar we can do that
0: I need, a DJ, let me know. <laughs> I need a DJ.
1: That would be a Miss Kathy question. I, uh, um, yeah. So uh, point number two, three keys to witnessing. Second key is transformation. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18 says this. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And um, when I think about witnessing, uh, you might, when you think about witnessing, you might think, of evangelism. You might think of walking the streets and praying for people or preaching the gospel. I hope you don't think of the people with the signs on the corner saying you're going to burn in hell because no one likes those guys. Um, well, Jesus loves those guys, but, but it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to, to engage in a conversation with them. Um, but witnessing often has more to do with how we live our lives and how we exude Christ in our everyday life than than what we do out on the streets. And um, the only way your life is going to exude Christ is if you allow the Holy Spirit to transform you. Um, We we were born in a fallen world. Uh, Before we gave our life to Christ, we were in the flesh. Uh, Some of us are still in the flesh from time to time. And uh, if we're not constantly welcoming the Holy Spirit to transform us, um, our witness is going to suffer mm-hmm. um, because if if we're not good to the people at home and then we're good to the people out on the streets, yeah. our witness is going to it's going to eventually clash. Yeah. It might not clash at first, but eventually it will clash. And when I think of this, um, I think of Mr. Carl. So I didn't mention him yet. Mr. Carl is Miss Miss Kathy's husband yeah. um, Miss Kathy gone to, her, gone to church her whole life, raised her kids in church, married to Mr. Carl. They just celebrated 45 years. Wow. Um, but Mr. Carl never went to church their entire marriage. Wow. Um, he would always send his tithe with Miss Kathy, but he stayed home, didn't feel like he was welcome there. Um, felt, felt a lot of shame from his past and some decisions he's made. And um, When we began the church in the bar, Mr. Carl was a little hesitant at first. He was like, what are these people doing here? Like, I don't really know about this. And, um, but he decided that if I can, he said, if I can show up um, every night of the week to drink with my friends, I can show up at my own place of business for the first service. Wow. Um, and so he showed up to the first service and then the second service and then the third service. Mm-hmm. Mr. Carl has perfect attend. He has better attendance than me, the pastor of the church. He has never... <laughs> He's never missed a Sunday at church. Um, and and when I think of this idea of the Holy Spirit transforming us, I think of him because um, Mr. Carl, if you talk to him today, he'll still kind of talk to you like, oh, I'm not like Miss Kathy or I'm not like Pastor Nate. Um, I, I'm just kind of getting into this whole God thing. I, I don't know much. But if you knew Mr. Carl before, and how you see Mr. Carl now, you would see like a night and day difference. Um, We are in the hood, so we've got... The people that go to our church are not Johnny and Lauren. The people that go to our church are Jazz, Bebop, Blanket, (laughs) Porkchop. They all have street names, okay? Uh, One one lady that lives in our community, she goes by the name um, Blanket. Uh, She is probably one of the most broken people I've ever come across. Um, Bound in addiction. um, Struggles with um, just the enemy controlling her life. And um, when I think of Blanket, I think of the story in scripture um, where Jesus comes and casts the demon out of the crazy man and sends them into the the pigs. Um, The whole town knew that man was crazy. Everybody in Fair Park knows who Blanket is.
0: Wow.
1: So I believe truly that one of the greatest breakthroughs is through her freedom for, for our community. Ooh. Because if everybody knows how crazy she is yes. and yes. She sees, they see that God can transform her life, yes. God's going to have yes. his way in our yes. community. Yes. Um, well, Blanket gets on Mr. Carl's nerves uh mr carl does not handle well miss blanket blanket will come in and out and in and out and in and out and they have window air conditionings in their bar and it's 110 degrees outside so he doesn't like the door to be opened and shut and open and shut he's like your typical grandpa who's like he's like shut the door uh choose one stay in or go out um i don't have to deal with that yet because she doesn't walk but um one day i will and Mr. Carl used to get so mad at Blanket. Um, But just a few months ago, Mr. Carl, uh, Blanket kept coming in and out and in and out. And for the first time, I watched Mr. Carl look at her and not say anything. And I watched how the transformation of the Holy Spirit in his life transformed him from someone who is quick to anger to someone who is slow to anger. And and if you if you allow the Holy Spirit to transform you in the areas of your weaknesses, your witness yes. will speak way louder, even in the moments of silence. Yes. So, uh, second key to witnessing is is transformation. Um, third key, submission. Submission. Acts chapter twenty one, verse fourteen. Before I read this, is just to set the context. Um, the prophet Agabus comes to the church, the early church, and tells them, um, brings a belt with him and says, um, starts tying it around his legs and says, This is how the Apostle Paul will be bound in Jerusalem if he goes there. The Holy Spirit is telling me this is how the Apostle Paul will be bound um, in Jerusalem if he goes there. And uh, Paul's there and he's like, I don't care, I'm going. And that the church and all the citizens, they're, they're trying to convince and persuade Paul, hold on, the word of the Lord just came, don't go there. Yeah. And uh, this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 21, verse 14, it says, And since he would not be persuaded, we fell silent, remarking, the will of the Lord be done. I think um, oftentimes when we're witnessing, we are so passionate about, God, uh, about people encountering the God we know, and we want their lives to be transformed. We want them to submit to God. We want them to yield to what He has uh, for their lives. But some people are stubborn, right? And there are there are such things as strongholds. Yep. And, um, and so when when we're witnessing to people, maybe this might even strike true a little bit closer to your heart if you're thinking about people in your family, that, that you're like, man, I really wish they would know God because if, if they knew God, they wouldn't be bound in the things they're bound in. They wouldn't be struggling with the things they're struggling with. Um, and sometimes we have to remember, I was taught this in youth group. Um, this You guys might know this acronym. It might just be a silly acronym. But I was taught that the acronym PRAY, uh, which which stood for praise, repent, ask, and yield. Praise, Repent, ask and yield. Now I was taught this. This is how you should pray. Praise, praise God first. Don't come to Him straight asking things. Praise Him, right? Hallowed be Your name. Um, repent. Um, if there's anything that's that's between you and your brother, go deal with that. If there's something that that you're struggling with, repent to the Lord. Ask, ask Him what you're what you're there for. Ask Him, petition Him, um, and then and then this is the least favorite part of everybody. Yeah. Yield. Yield. Um, What these guys did. The will of the Lord be done. We tried. We did our best. The will of the Lord be done. Mm. When I think of this, um, there's a a lady I met in um, that almost made me laugh in the middle of preaching. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, There's a lady I think of from San Francisco um, in the Tenderloin District. I was there. Uh, my senior year, this is when I was there on a mission trip, not there yet on, on staff or as an intern. And we were doing street ministry. So street ministry looks like this for us. Um, we, we gather a box of chips or meals and we start walking the streets. Use the food as a tool to engage in conversation. And then um, either share a testimony, uh, get to know the people, ask them if they want prayer. Um, and so we ran across this lady. They have street names in the tenderloin too her name was ducky um her real name was pamela i found that out later but her she went by ducky and um we 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 got close to ducky and offered her a bag of chips and she looked at us and saw who we were and immediately began coughing like violently coughing and i like grew up in a non-denominational church i don't know anything about spiritual warfare at this at this point and so my, the leader who is leading us pulls us aside and says, I really think this is something a little bit more than just a sickness. I feel like this could be something um, something the enemy is trying to do. And so um, could we just take a few seconds to pray for her? And so um, we're praying and uh, just in our minds, honestly, just praying God free her if this is something that's holding her. Um, and that was it. We walked, kept going, kept doing street ministry, um, about four months later is when I moved there. Um, and now we are, the first week as an intern, we are training how to lead other teams on street ministry. And we're walking the streets and we run across this lady again. And this time, she's not coughing. Um, she's sitting up against a wall and she gladly receives food. Um, hesitantly receives prayer, kind of like, eh, not really. And as they get to, uh, as, as the group that's talking with her, I'm, I'm witnessing this. From a distance, as a group, and they, they shared more about it when we debriefed. But they're talking to her and they're getting to know her and um, asking her her story, and and she was honest with them and said, honestly, for 12 years I heard nothing but voices all day long in my head, and about four months ago someone offered me chips, and the next thing I know the voices stopped, and, and and I haven't heard a voice since. And uh, when they shared this during debrief, I like I lost it. I was like. That's crazy. Um, and then about six months later, Ducky sees me on the street. I'm wearing the the, the ministry shirt, and uh, she sees me, and she starts like hobbling towards me as fast as she can go. And she's like, hey, hey, you're from the church, right? Um, can, can you pray for me? I hurt my hip really bad. Can you pray for me? Pray for her. Pain's gone. She starts walking away. And I share this because I don't know if, if I really believe this because I—, I I don't know if you'll always get to see the fruit of those prayers, mm-hmm. um, but I really believe God let me see the fruit so I can share this with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you're praying to God. That's right. You're not praying so that people can hear you. Yeah. Um, you're praying so he can hear you. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, as, as hard as you try to witness, as much as you try to witness, you have to have a heart posture of what these people had. At the end of the day, the will of the Lord be done. Yes. Yield it to God. Submit your prayer to God. Yes. Uh, understand that the witness that you, that you try, you can try all on your own, but it's not going to do anything if, Jesus, if the Holy Spirit isn't partnering with you. And so um, I, I truly believe that, that God let me see the fruit of that prayer so I can share this with people that your prayer matters. Yep. Um, prayer is such a pivotal part of witnessing. Yes. Um, it's not, you just don't go out on the street for no reason. Um, I didn't go out on the street because I wanted to. I went out on the street because I asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And He showed me something. And so, um, this is my last point, just just submission. When you're when you're living a life on mission, which, which we're all living, whether we're in the marketplace or in ministry um, or a stay-at-home mom, we're all on mission. We're all representing Christ in some way to someone. Yes. And, um, so we're all witnessing, whether we, whether we want to witness or not. Whether you're super shy or super outgoing, we're all witnessing. And so the three keys that I want to leave you with today is, is, are these. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Yep. Ask Him to help you. He gave us power so we could be witnesses. Yes. Yes. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit what needs to be transformed in your heart. That's right. What needs to be transformed in the mind, the way you think about things. Is there, look, Holy Spirit, is there something... That that I need to rethink. Would you renew my mind? Would you would, would I not be conformed to the patterns of this yes. world, but be transformed yes. by the renewing of my mind? Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, what is it in my life that that would help me be a better witness? Not just to strangers, but to my family. Yeah. Not just to to my family, but the people I work with. What what is it, the, is it the way I react when I? Is it is it the way I react when I'm frustrated? If that's it, can you, can you transform that? Does that make sense? So yeah. partner with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him what He wants to transform. And ultimately submit, submit it to God. Yes. Understand that He is the King of Kings. Yeah, right. He is the Lord of Lords. Right. He is the author and the finisher, finisher of our faith. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So um, I wanted to kind of just shift gears a little bit um, into, into a time of communion. How many of you know we would have no access to the Holy Spirit if it wasn't for what Jesus did on the cross. The promise of the Holy Spirit would have never came if it wasn't for what Jesus did. Jesus looked to his disciples and said, it is good for you that I go. It's good for you that I go now because when I leave, a helper is going to come. And so as we, um, as we engage in this time of communion, I don't know who who needs to come up and Um, prepare the the elements but um could we just take this time and and thank Jesus remember what he did for us because without without him without what he did for us without the idea of us being reunited with God we would we wouldn't be able to witness with the Holy Spirit we wouldn't be able to be being transformed by the Holy Spirit and so um I don't know how we typically do this just invite if y'all want to come up and grab the elements um We'll take, uh, grab the elements and then we'll pray.